You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Activate your free Assembly Call membership today at assemblycall.com slash join. That's assemblycall.com slash join. That is how you're a champion. It really is. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another special off-season edition of the Assembly Call. I'm your host, Jared Morris. So excited to be here with you tonight uh, and being broadcast on the Sports Buzz in Jeffersonville. Very, very excited. Uh, this is our last show before the post-game shows begin, as Indiana begins exhibition play next week. And then, of course, the big matchup against Kansas the week after that. And we have a great show planned for you tonight, the second part of our two-part season preview edition getting you ready for the 2016-17 season, a season filled with promise, but also a season filled with question marks. Uh, And we're going to dive into a lot of that tonight uh, as we go through this episode. And let's begin, as we always do, going around the horn for our opening statements. And we will begin with our Hoosier Proud banner moment brought to us by our friends at HoosierProud.com. And for me, it's, it's quite easy, the banner moment today. And that is the enthusiasm is back. Not that it wasn't there last year, but it's nice to see Indiana basketball build on the positives from last season. And you could see that at Hoosier Hysteria, the big line that was forming hours before, even the night before. There were people camped out the night before Hoosier Hysteria. Uh, the the attendance number that I saw was 16,000 at Hoosier Hysteria, which is an unbelievable number uh, rivaled by few, if any, uh, in college basketball. And just a great sign that the excitement is there, uh, which is wonderful to see uh, on campus. We can certainly feel it you know, on social media and in the email interactions that we have with our audience. But it's great to see that the excitement is alive and well on campus. Uh, and to me, you know, that that excitement, that love for Indiana basketball uh, that, that compels people to camp out and be there for an event like Hoosier Hysteria is what makes Indiana basketball so special. So that is great to see. Uh, and I do want to uh, uh, spend just a minute here talking about our friends at Hoosier Proud. I've been telling you about them the last couple of episodes because they are one of our sponsors for this season. And we're really excited about them. So excited. Uh, and so in love are we with their T-shirts uh, that they are actually now the official t-shirt producer of the assembly call shirt and so if you go to assemblycall.com slash shirts you can actually see our new official show shirts produced by hoosier proud uh, they have uh, our text logo you can get both the the crimson shirt with the white logo uh, or the white show go with the cr- or the white shirt with the red logo and you can also get our circular logo right up there on the pocket and if you use the promo code assembly a-s-s-e-m-b-l-y you get 15 percent off not only your assembly call shirts but any shirts that you order at HoosierProud.com, and they have a wide variety of shirts that anybody from Indiana, anybody that calls himself a Hoosier is going to love. So go to assemblycall.com slash shirts to look for the assembly call shirts, or just go to HoosierProud.com, browse around, and make sure that you use the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, to get your 15% off discount. All right, let's go around the horn with Andy, Ryan, and Will. Get their opening comments, and we will begin with Andy's Bottoms Line, which is brought to us by Bracketology.fm. 
Well, I'm going to steal an analogy from a fantasy football podcast that I listen to. So Sigmund Bloom of uh, Football Guys usually uses this as the kind of lead up to the fantasy season, that it's kind of like the roller coaster going up the hill where it's kind of like that tick, 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 where you're, where you're getting there. And each thing as we go through the preseason has kind of been that way, right? We got to, you know, we followed all these media availabilities and we, we watched the practice on BTN and, and watched Who's Your Hysteria and everything is kind of building. And as you said, this is our last show before, uh, before we, we have games to talk about. Uh, and so, you know, we're kind of getting up to the top of that roller coaster and getting ready to go down. And I think that's probably apt for a number of reasons, not the least of which is I think we've used roller coaster metaphors for this team more than a couple of times as we've gone through, uh, you know, the five years prior to this one doing the show. So uh, I'm sure this year will be more of the same, but it's kind of that excitement and that anticipation before you get to the get to the top and things start to go down, which I'm much more excited about in this scenario than an actual roller coaster, which I do not enjoy in any way. Um, but IU basketball is the uh, is the best kind of roller coaster for me. So exciting to be at the top of that hill, ready to go down and uh, and start accelerating as we go through, because things will uh, certainly start to progress quickly as we get in through these exhibition games and and start the regular season off with Kansas. So uh, just an exciting time. And uh, and as you said, that, that excitement is back and is certainly building. And we are uh, all excited for season number six. All righty. Now over to Ryan's rant, which is brought to us tonight by Gene Katie's comb over. It is. Uh, we, we struck a great deal with, with Katie's comb over and that thing's just trying to escape at this point. Uh, I want to take a moment, take a minute. And they did this at Hoosier hysteria just to sort of uh, give an acknowledgement to the team last year. I think that we all sort of fell in love with that team, not just, you know, for what they did on the court, but who they were off the court and and all those guys and just what they gave to the program, what they gave to the university. And now a lot of them are gone now. And uh, while this is a new team in a new year, I think that last year was such a big year for this show and for the basketball program that it was kind of, um, you know, worth looking back. And, and I spent some time last night and I sent these guys an email just sort of looking back. And that was a really, really special season. And, and uh, I think we all sort of fell in love, as I said, with that team. And, and uh, it's time to move on now. And this is, this is sort of like our first show of the new season, really. But uh, I think it's just it's, it's great to look back on that team and what they accomplished and where they all are now. And, uh, and you know, look back with pride and certainly the guys who are returning will have that moving forward. And I think that'll be great as a part of this season. Yeah, it was a season that truly was better than advertised. And you know, that, that video that you sent Ryan, what really stood out to me was how many big shots Yogi Max, uh, and, and Nick Zeisloft hit. I mean, there were several games Indiana might've lost if those guys don't step up and hit huge shots. And that's going to be really important for Indiana to replace somehow this year. So it was a great video. Thank you for doing that and inducing tears among all of us earlier this morning. We appreciate that. Uh, all right, let's head over to Will and get his stat of the off season. I guess we could say, and Will's stat of the night brought to us by the bears brothers, his own post game show for all you Chicago bears fans out there. Make sure you check it out. Uh, Mr. DeWitt celebrating the return of Jay Cutler. What is your stat of the night? Oh, guys, it's great to be back. It's been a long time since I've been on the show. And, uh, you know, with my prolonged absence, I figured I need to start this stat, you know, the first stat of technically this season or the offseason, like Jared put it. It's hard to put a, which way to go about it. But really, I have to start to think this thing off right. And Jared, you kind of led into this. So I think it's probably because we talked about this earlier. But, you know, like you said, we have to replace guys like Yogi, Nick, Max, and Troy. Well, just how much do we have to replace? We have to replace 43.5 points per game. 
that's 52.4% of the offense last season that we're going to have to find some way to replace. So obviously that's a pretty big number. It seems almost, you know, insurmountable, but obviously I believe we have some of these guys who are ready to fill up the void and I'm excited to see who's going to be those guys to step up this season. Perfect. Thank you, Will. And that's, hey, we're going to talk about that tonight. You know, what are the expectations for this Indiana team? And more importantly, what are the standards now for Indiana basketball? What does it take? What is the minimum level of achievement for us to, to consider a season a success? Uh, we're going to talk about all of that as well as give you our bold predictions for the 2016-17 season. And if you are watching live, please feel free to go over to Twitter. Go uh, tweet us at Assembly Call. Let us know your bold predictions for the 2016-17 season because I'll read some of the best ones off when we get to that here in just a few minutes. Uh, but I do want to take a quick minute and tell you about our sponsor, SeatGeek. So excited they are back for their second season sponsoring the Assembly Call. And I tell you, when we do our meetup, uh, we're going to be up there January 7th for the Illinois game. So if you're going to be in town, we would love to meet you. Uh, we haven't figured out exactly where the meetup will be yet, but we do know the date. We'll be there for the Illinois game. Uh, and when we do, and when we're going to get tickets, uh, obviously Will is going to be big timing us now that he's got his media pass, but the rest of us will get tickets uh, and we'll be buying them on SeatGeek. Uh, and we love using SeatGeek. You know, buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And none of those older ticket sites really seem to want to change that. But what's great about SeatGeek and why I use them for any game or concert I want to go to is they actually do the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. They do the work and you save the money, uh, which is always great. They help you get the most bang for your buck. And they actually want Assembly Call listeners to get even more bang for their buck because uh, when you uh, use SeatGeek for the first time, you actually get a $20 rebate because you're an Assembly Call audience member. Here's how that works. Download the free SeatGeek app. They have one for iOS, for Android. You can also uh, do this at the website, SeatGeek.com. Go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So again, download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, today. Alrighty. Well, you are listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms, Ryan Phillips, and Will DeWitt. And it's time to discuss standards of expectations for Indiana basketball. Um, and before we get to that, I, I want to talk about Tom Crean. And I want to get all of your guys' thoughts on this because I thought, you know, Will, you were there live, you know, and you made mention on Twitter that when Coach Crean came out, when he was introduced, there was a, a, a loud ovation for him. And you could, you know, see it online watching on BTN Plus, but, you know, you made it sound like it was even probably louder and more vociferous than it even sounded uh, listening to it on the computer, which is a big change, you know. And in, in seasons past, Tom Crean has sometimes gotten a tepid reaction, a, a little bit of a mixed bag. But it feels like he's probably uh, at the highest approval rating that he's had maybe since the end of the 2012 season. And so my question, and Andy, I will direct this to you first. And Ryan, I want to get your thoughts as well, is, is Tom Crean finally off the hot seat? And by that, I mean, you know, if Indiana has a bad performance against Kansas, are all Indiana fans or, 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 or that vocal minority of Indiana fans going to be coming back and calling for Tom Crean's head and, and, and bring out all the old arguments that we've heard before? Or have we somewhat moved past that to a point where he is truly comfortable in his role as Indiana's coach and fans are comfortable with him as well? Andy, what do you think? 
Uh, not to not to dance around. I think it's a little bit of both. I think he is. I think to take the the last part of your question first. I think he is definitely more comfortable, and I think you see that. I think he's more comfortable, kind of talking about himself and what he's done, and and some of those things. And I think just you know providing some of that availability to you know to BTN and and all those kinds of things. I think are are good, and he feels more comfortable in the role, um, in his own skin within that role. At the same time, though, I hesitate to say he's completely off the hot seat because um, there are still a good number of people, and and I think reasonably so, that have greater postseason expectations than what they've been able to achieve. So uh, the the kind of last hurdle, I guess, to that, I don't know, full acceptance, if there really is such a thing um, w- with him, is to really have some postseason success. And I think that's the thing that... Um, you know, the few embers that are still warm uh, underneath the seat are burning because of that, uh, uh, of the postseason, you know, problems, quite honestly, that they've had um, while they've made those Sweet 16s. They haven't gone any further. And while I don't think it's fair to say you got to make a Final Four every single year, um, I do think in totality when you look and that hasn't been achieved, I do think that's still a factor and that's not going to go away, even though I don't think people are going to, you know, go off the ledge if they lose to Kansas in the first game. But I, I think the seat is still a little bit warm. It's not as hot as it was, but a, a little warm for sure. Ryan, you've been accused of being the president of the Tom Crean fan club at certain times on this show. What are you, what are your thoughts on his uh, job security now entering this new season? Well, after the Duke game last year, I think I resigned my presidency of that, uh, of that, of that illustrious group. Um, no, I, you know, I, th- I think he has to be off the hot seat, two big 10 titles and, uh, you know, outright Big Ten titles in, in four years puts you off the hot seat. Uh, as we know, I mean, yeah, obviously we all have postseason expectations. We wanted to be the elite in the Elite Eight last year. That was sort of the preseason, hey, this is what we've got to do. Uh, but again, you know, the the tournament is always such a, a crapshoot just based on matchups, based on where you're playing, all that stuff. So I really, it's hard for me to hold a guy accountable specifically on the tournament. You've got to look at the totality of the, of the resume. And I think that, yeah, to, two big 10 titles in four years, you know, no one else has done that in the last four years. So you've got to elevate him as a coach and you've got to put him him safely on the on the safe spot and also it's not even about results look at the stability within the program uh you know what was going on a few years ago where a bunch of guys were leaving every year and it was you know it was new you know you had to keep the roster with you at games to figure out who was even in uh now it's it seems like there's a steady stream of players coming in and and leaving the program like it is at a normal program and and it feels like everything is stabilized um even with first round talent guys coming and going you're getting a lot more stability. So I think that the, the, that he has certainly taken himself off the hot seat. Anybody who right now is worried about, well, if he tanks this year, you know, he's gone. I, I just think we can't have that attitude as fans. You've got to give a guy credit uh, where it's due. And, and with that, give him more leeway. But Andy's right. I mean, he's certainly more comfortable in his role as, as the head coach now. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. I've got media friends from other you know, schools who are saying that, what, gosh, what, what happened to Crane? He's acting normal now, you know? So, I mean, you know, when you start hearing that from around the country, uh, it's, it's pretty obvious. That's what's going on. Guy was big 10 coach of the year last year. He's fine. He's not on the hot seat. There are guys in much bigger trouble than Tom Crane right now. Will round us out quickly. Your thoughts on this. Yeah. I mean, quickly, I mean, of course, if, you know, struggles arise, you're going to have that vocal minority kind of, you know, come up. It happens. I've seen it happen within the other franchise. I talk about a player that will not be named tonight by regulations of the host, but yeah, I believe if, you know, Crean, he's, 
100% off the hot seat. He's not only, you know, getting decent results, he's also connecting with these players on a, a level that we don't understand. I mean, it's a very deep bond that he's creating. He's developing players that can, you know, succeed in the NBA. I mean, look at Troy. Yogi's up there as well. And then, you know, Thomas Bryant this year. And he's bringing in guys as, like that are coming in and exceeding expectations, like OG Ananobi, just other players like that. I believe that Kareem should be, you know, given the benefit of the doubt now. I think he's proven that he can motivate this team, coach up this team. And I believe that with the team that we have, uh, you know, in store for this season, I believe that we're going to see another fun, exciting season. So, yeah, I believe 100% off the hot seat. And the truth is, you know, when you're at a school like Indiana that measures itself in national championships, until you win a national championship, you're probably never truly off the hot seat. You know, there's kind of that next level that you have to get to to make Final Fours and get to a national championship. But I do think he's in as good a spot as he's been in in a long time, uh, which is a good thing for Indiana basketball for the stability and I think uh, just for everybody involved. So let's talk now about standards. And, you know, this is always an interesting question going into every season. You know, what what does Indiana need to do for this season to be considered a success? Because you look at 2013 and 2016. To some people, those seasons were great successes. I think we all agree that last season was a great success. You know, you, you struggle early. You come back and win the Big Ten by two games outright. You beat Kentucky in a great game in the round of 32. You lose in the Sweet 16. 2013, you know, you're ranked number one for a portion of the season, win an outright Big Ten title, but you lose in the Sweet 16. To some people, it's a success. Other people look at it as, well, there's Indiana again. Crean can't get past the Sweet 16, and they see it as a failure. So, Ryan, as we enter this season, what do you think the standard is right now for Indiana basketball? What needs to happen with this team this year for it to be considered a success? Well, I think those are two different questions. What needs to happen with this team and what we should expect on a yearly basis? I think that the the yearly basis, you should expect top four or five in the Big Ten every year and a Sweet 16 berth. I think that's that's the baseline for expectations every year, and that's what it should be for a top program like this. People say, well, why not a Big Ten championship? Well, you're not going to win one every year. Again, with the unbalanced schedule and things like that, some teams just get an easier road and wind up pulling it out, and there are surprises and all that stuff along the way. You but finish- if Wisconsin can finish top four every year, you know, it's since forever, it seems well, they like. Play after, they, do that? they play half their games in an arena where fouls don't exist. So I, I think that that's a different... That's called keying gonna, your co-host up, ladies and gentlemen. We're not, we're not going to get into that tonight. I, I, I'm, I'm having a good day. I don't want to start talking about the Cole Center. Um, no, I, I think that, yeah, of course, you want to be there. Um, and, and that's sure a goal. But I think that that top four and Sweet 16 is, is the baseline for success for any major program uh, you know, in a conference like the Big Ten. Um, someone like Kentucky is in the SEC. The SEC is typically not a great conference. They should win that conference every year. Uh, Kansas should be in the top two. I mean, they win it every year, but they should be in the top two or three of the Big 12 any given year and most likely win it. So I mean, it's different per school, but I think for Indiana, you're looking top four in the Big 10 and, and a Sweet 16 berth should be the baseline. Now for this year's team, honestly, it's hard to know because as we said in the intro, we lost so much, yet are probably more talented. But, you know, right now, I don't know who's going to take shots late clock. I don't know who's going to, you know, be the go-to guy when we need a bucket down, uh, you know, down late in the game or tied. Who's going to take over? There isn't that Yogi Ferrell guy. There's not that Troy Williams guy who's just going to have absolutely no fear um, late in the clock. I mean, we haven't seen that before. That may happen, but we haven't seen that before from these guys. So I'm not sure what expectations are. I, I would like to say top four, in the Big Ten for this team and competing for a title late in the season, a Big Ten title, 
And then with the with the tournament, as I said, it's a complete crapshoot. But I'd like to think that they can move on beyond the sixteen the Sweet Sixteen this year if we find somebody to be that go to guy late in games. Andy, I mean, in terms of the the overall standards, it's probably the maybe I don't know if it's easier to answer, but um, you know, when you think about that, I, I tried to think about you know, who would we say are the, you know, kind of elite programs in college basketball today. Um, so you'd look at, you know, if you kind of start from out West, you'd probably say Arizona is the, you know, a team out there. Then you got Kentucky and Kansas that Ryan mentioned Villanova, Duke, North Carolina, like those kinds of teams. I mean, they're perennial contenders always in the hunt for their, their conference championships. So I think from a conference standpoint, that, that feels like a minimum. Uh, and then tournament wise, you know, I think you'd like to be going to the Sweet 16 on a regular basis and occasionally getting further than that. You know, similar to what Ryan said about the Big Ten, you can't expect to win it every year. And by the same token, you can't expect to get go to the Final Four every year. Um, you know, we we could count back countless years where the most talented team is not the one that that wins the tournament. Um, so by the same token that you might be the more talented team and lose, then you also need to be able to kind of jump up and get people when when maybe you're a little bit less talented than they are. And, you know, that's some of the you know, magic of the tournament, whatever you want to say. So, I, you know, I think those things are are the minimum for sure. Um, you know, what what number that puts you in the Big Ten, I don't know. Um, you know, some years fourth, you're, you're kind of in the fight for it and some years fourth isn't, but, you know, I definitely like to say, you know, competing for a conference championship. Um, but I, you know, I think some of the, the non-conference scheduling plays into this a little bit, getting in, you know, big events, being able to participate in those, get good teams in your building, get good teams on neutral floors. I think that plays into it a bit as well. And then, you know, postseason success, uh, you know, with, with maybe the sweet 16 as a baseline and some occasional, uh, you know, variants one way or the other on that. Uh, it's probably what I'd say overall. Uh, in terms of this year, I mean, I think those those feel like, while there are a lot of questions and things that we don't know about this year's team, and, and there are, as Ryan pointed out, a lot of questions, and we could probably take a whole show trying to trying to answer some of those. Um, you know, I still think the there's enough talent on this team that the expectations I laid out are still realistic. There isn't a reason that this team shouldn't contend for the Big Ten. I don't know if they're going to win it. They certainly don't have as favor, favorable of a schedule as others, and I think they're going to be some slip-ups as, you know, guys get into new roles and things like that. But I think they should be right there as we get into the latter part of the season, as we get into March. Uh, and from a tournament standpoint, you know, the talent feels like it's there to get to at least a sweet 16. So kind of using those as minimums, I, you know, I feel like if we want to hold the program to that standard on a regular basis, which was really the first question, um, we need to hold them to that this year. And I, and I don't think there's any reason from a talent and, and personnel perspective that we, that we can't and shouldn't. Guys, I have breaking news right now from Alex Bozich on Twitter. Uh, he says that he is told Indiana is working on an online option for out-of-town folks who would like to pick up a schedule poster, which is phenomenal because I guess they're giving them out uh, at the Varsity Shop uh, Monday through Friday from 9 to 5. And as an out-of-towner, I would love an option to get one. Uh, one of our audience members actually sent me one last year, which is why it's, it's uh, over there over my left shoulder. But I need to get this year's. Um, anyway, so that's exciting news. And once we find out what that online option is, we will let you all know. Uh, Will, give me your expectations for this year's Hoosiers. What are you expecting? I mean, really, Andy and Ryan kind of hit on it for the most part. Um, for me, I'm not being asterisk. I don't think Sweet 16 is a like a standard. To me, that's maybe more of an expectation. But I say, you know, I put up, I said 23 wins and at least a round of 32. I think that's a very good, you know, standard. Like that's the bare minimum that this team needs to achieve in order to be, you know, a success in our eyes. Because like we said, this is a very talented team. The only question being, who's going to step up in the place of all the players that were missing from a year ago. But, and like Andy said as well, 
going up against you know North Carolina and Kansas early on in the season is really going to show us and also the team of how well they stack up against those top tier teams. And even if they don't, you know, if they come up just a little bit short in those matchups, it's going to teach this young team what they need to improve upon. So by the time we get around to the season, I mean, to the tournament, I believe that are going to understand where exactly they need to improve. And that way I think they're going to have a better chance to actually succeed come tournament time. You know, I hear what everybody's saying, and I agree for the most part. You know, I think you, you got to compete for a Big Ten title, be in the top four of the Big Ten. I just don't think that there's an excuse to fall outside of the top four, and that should be a disappointment for any IU fans, regardless of schedule, regardless of any uh, anything else. And I think, of course, not making the tournament falls below the standards, and I think not getting out of the first weekend of the tournament Yes, it's going to happen every now and then like it did to Michigan State last year. No one's calling Tom Izzo a failure, anything like that. Those will happen. But then, Andy, you mentioned this. It's got to be balanced out by some deeper runs. You know, I think at a school like Indiana, it is now fair, you know, with Crane, you know, seven, eight years now, it's fair to expect an Elite Eight run or a Final Four run. And I think we're at that point now where the longer that we go without that, you start to feel it a little bit more and I don't think in any given year you can say success or failure because you did or did not make it to the final four but over the long term as you start looking at it you know at some point you got to make a deep run in the tournament if you're the head coach at Indiana University so I think I think we do a disservice to Indiana what this school is capable of and frankly what this coach and this team is capable of if we don't suggest that that is a standard that they should be living up to and that there's not going to be any kind of disappointment if they don't. So to me, it's top four in the Big Ten. Making it to the second round of the NCAA tournament is kind of that minimum level where you're like, okay, this was a success. Could have done a little bit better, but we're happy with this. And then obviously, if you win a Big Ten title, and certainly if you make it to a, you know, a deep run in the Final Four, you're feeling good. And I think those things need to happen a couple times every four, five, six years at a school like Indiana. That's what I think. Uh, Ryan, did you have any final thoughts on this before we move along? I mean, I always have extra thoughts about things, Jared. You know that. No, I, I think that, um, that that with this year's team, there are special circumstances, I think, when you have Thomas Bryant at All-American Center, who's almost certainly going to be a high pick in the NBA draft. Uh, I think you have to take advantage of that. Um, again, there's so much we don't know. There's so much surrounding this team that that needs to be figured out but given the talent level given the centerpiece that you have in thomas bryant a guy who came alive late last season and became an enormous piece of the puzzle uh i i think that you've got to have higher expectations and and i think that you know bar running into a north carolina in the sweet 16 again like we did last year uh, i think <clears throat> you've got to move past that point all righty uh Real quick, I want to uh, take a minute and tell you all why you should activate your free Assembly Call membership. And you do this by going to assemblycall.com slash join. Uh, there are a lot of benefits of membership in the Assembly Call. Uh, the main one is you get to participate in our live chat during the show. So if you go to assemblycall.com slash live during our live broadcast, during every postgame show, we have a moderated members-only chat. So the riffraff is out of there. It's IU fans like you who are dedicated, who love your Hoosiers, who watch the games and comment on the games from a perspective of love and support. Those are the people that we have in there. Not that we can't be you know, critical of the team when they need it, but it's all done in, in, in a friendly, kind way, as opposed to what you will get sometimes elsewhere. So that's a big one. Of course, you get our Six Banner Saturday uh, IU Hoops News Roundups. You get our, our well-known, world-renowned uh, post-game analysis emails uh, when those start coming, uh, and a bunch more stuff. But go to assemblycall.com slash join. 
it's a it's a completely free membership. Get in there. It's the best way to take the next step with us at the assembly call uh, and 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 to get uh, all the best of our content, which only our members get, plus our members only form. That's what I had forgotten. Uh, so go to assemblycall.com/slash/join today. All righty. Well, you are listening to the Assembly Call. Again, I'm Jared Morris here with our, our crew. We're all back together again. So glad that we're all together here as we get ready to, to start the new season. Andy's here. Ryan's here. Will's here. Uh, and it's time to deliver our bold predictions for the 2016-17 Indiana basketball season, which we're going to do here in just a minute. You know, on the topic of the Big Ten, though, I did want to bring Andy in here real quick. Obviously, Andy, uh, the king of bracketology, knows more about every college basketball team out there than, than most people can dream of. Uh, and I, Andy, I just want to get your thoughts real quick about the Big Ten and how Indiana stacks up in the Big Ten, because we've heard about how good Wisconsin's going to be. You know, Purdue, the preseason opinions on them seem to be, you know, a, a little bit mixed. You know, Maryland, we're hearing that, you know, that they could be better than people think. How do you think Indiana stacks up with kind of the upper half of the Big Ten? And how likely is Indiana to defend its Big Ten crown? Yeah, I think I think the title defense is going to be challenging as it always is. But most projections and things that uh, I've looked at and I've probably looked at far too many for a season that has yet to begin yet um, – you know, puts there seems to be a pretty clear top four of Wisconsin, Michigan State, IU, and Purdue. Uh, I think Maryland tends to be fifth in in most. I kind of you know, there's kind of like a mini tier, if you will, of of them in Michigan, uh, and maybe even to a certain extent, you know, throwing Ohio State in that mix. I know uh, the Ken Palm rankings that came out last weekend are pretty high uh, on the Buckeyes, but I think Maryland, to a certain extent, is there partly because their Big Ten schedule is really easy. Um, so. You know, if there's a team outside of that top four that has a chance to kind of jump up and win it, I would say it's them. But I, I guess I say that less from a talent standpoint and more from a circumstance standpoint. So, so it really leaves you with the others. And and just to kind of talk briefly through these, you know, Wisconsin has everyone back. I think 99 or 100 percent of every single stat uh, is is back on their roster. And I think the question really become. I think there's a couple of questions that come up about them. One is Nigel Hayes. Um, you know, people made made mention of a scrimmage they had where he shot a lot of threes. And that was one thing that he kind of fell, uh, you know, fell into last year, didn't serve him or the team all that well. Um, so if he goes back to, you know, how he played a couple years ago, I think that's big for them, but they certainly have a lot of talent, but you also don't have the same emotion of the Bo Ryan leaving and Greg guard. And I think that that meant something to them uh, last year as things turned around. Uh, Michigan state's been kind of bit by the injury bug. Uh, ben Carter transferred from UNLV got has hurt his knee. Don't know what his prognosis is. Gavin Schilling, who's also back for maybe his like seventh year in East Lansing uh, has a knee injury as well. So they're really short on big guys uh, in a major way. And so they've got a really talented freshman class, but Aaron Harris is the only guy back who averaged more than four points a game last year. So um, they, they're going to have some growing pains. I think talent wise and, and coaching wise, you certainly want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but there's a lot of unknowns for them. We talk about questions for IU. I think the same could be said at Michigan state and then Purdue. Um, you know, you've got, it, you've got some known commodities, um, but you've also got some guys that you're expecting to take a jump. You've got Isaac Haas playing a bigger role. You've got Caleb Swanigan trying to see what he's going to do as a sophomore. And um, I know the sports illustrated projections that came out today had Swanigan on the big 10 first team and not Thomas Bryant, which uh, Alex, <laughs> Alex Bozich and I exchanged a couple, a uh, couple messages about, but I, you know, I think they've got the makes of a good team. Can PJ Thompson really be a, a full-time point guard and, and kind of solve that issue uh, is there, but I also don't think they have a ton of depth up front. So there's questions with everybody. I think IU stacks up well uh, against any of those teams. And, 
you know, they're kind of somewhere right in the middle of those uh, in terms of questions. I think Michigan State might actually have the most questions based on their their roster situation. Wisconsin probably has the least, and IU and Purdue are there kind of in the middle. So I think IU stacks up favorably when you when you kind of take the schedule out of it. And uh, obviously projecting the schedule early in the season, you know, we haven't seen any of these teams really play yet. So I, I certainly think they should be in the mix for that as we you know, circle back to what those expectations are. Uh, I think that I, I think that makes sense that IU should be uh, right there, and hopefully, a lot of the questions that we have about this team will be answered over the non-conference portion of the schedule, and uh, they'll be able to hit the ground running once Big Ten play starts. What would be your gun-to-head prediction for who's going to win? And be careful because Ryan's here. So, well, uh, is he actually going to put a gun to my head? That makes me concerned. You're like, <laughs> on your head prediction. <laughs> be careful. Um, I, I mean, I it's I'm hard pressed not to go with Wisconsin. I think their schedule is relatively favorable, uh, not quite to the level of Maryland, but uh, when you really look at everything they have back and uh, track record and things like that, like I said, I think they have the least questions. Uh, so to a certain extent, they feel like the easiest one uh, to pick is first. And I think uh, that, that's who I would go with uh, right now. All right. I guess we'll let nobody that needs to shoot me because I feel bad enough just saying it. So wait, how did I become just, the show gun being, where did, being, where did <laughs> oh, we can't, we don't, no, you're just the anti-Wisconsin guy. Oh. So you're prone to wild outbursts. We can't be sure what you're going to do when nice things are said about Wisconsin. So I lived in Milwaukee for two years and didn't go to Madison, didn't go to UW. Uh, so yeah, I hate Wisconsin because <laughs> yeah, I had to deal with them. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So let's let's hop into our bold predictions. Andy kind of gave a bold prediction right there, but we're going to give him an opportunity to redeem himself with a a more palatable bold prediction here in a moment. So we're going to do team. I, I don't know that picking them is bold at this point, but that's neither here nor there. It was bold on this show, Andy. It was we, bold on this show. Well, that's true. We need to establish standards for boldness as well as uh, program <laughs> performance, apparently. That's true. Okay, so we're going to do team-based and player-based. We'll start out with team-based bold predictions. So we don't know what anybody else's prediction is going to be. Hopefully we don't step on each other's toes. But Ryan, uh, you go first. What is your team-based bold prediction for Indiana for 2016-17? I think they reached the Elite Eight. Uh, I think. I also think um, Thomas Bryant is a first-team All-American and is in the conversation for Big Ten Player of the Year. I, it's hard nowadays to not win it if you're not a guard, uh, but I think that he's going to kind of you know, change that conversation. I don't know if he'll win it, but I think that he'll be uh, in that mix. And I also think OG Ananobi is going to be the defensive player of the year in the conference. Uh, on top of that, I think that Indiana wins each of its last four road games, Minnesota, Iowa, Purdue, and Ohio State, uh, which would – be a great finish for them. There's a, uh, it's two and two sandwiched around uh, home date with Northwestern. So basically, I'm saying they're going to win their last five games. Uh, those are just that's just what stood out to me on the schedule. There uh, was that final stretch from February, from middle of February through the end of March. I think that they are uh, certainly going to win uh, those games and sort of surprise some people because obviously winning on the road in the Big Ten is tough. I think by that point of the season we will have the answers to a lot of the questions we have now. So I think the non-conference season might be a struggle, uh, but I think once you get into conference play, I think this team's going to figure it out. Well, that was certainly bold. And I'm going to go next because my bold prediction actually deals with those games at the end of the year. You know, a narrative coming into last year was how Indiana teams faded in February and March under Tom Crean. And so we saw that reverse itself in a huge way last year, despite injuries where Indiana really finished strong, took a lot of momentum into the Big Ten tournament, and then, of course, fell flat in the Big Ten tournament. 
I actually think that is going to be reversed this year. I actually think Indiana is going to struggle at the end of the regular season. Four out of six games on the road, some tough venues, you know, at Minnesota, at Purdue, at Ohio State. And I actually think Indiana is going to lose three of those five games and fall out of contention for the Big Ten championship late. I know you guys usually expect me to be all all totally positive, but I can see with this team and with all the experience they have to replace struggling before rallying to win the Big Ten tournament. That's right. I am going on record. Indiana is going to win the Big Ten tournament. It's moving to Washington, D.C. this year. It's in a different venue. So the ghosts of Indianapolis and Chicago will not be there to haunt the Hoosiers. And I think this is a team with the talent and the depth to make a run in a tournament like that and win three games in three days or however many it would be. So I think it's going to be the first time the Hoosiers are going to exercise some demons they struggle at the end of the regular season, but win the Big Ten tournament. And please, when we struggle in that first game, no one find a clip of this and remind me of this bold prediction. But that's what I'm saying right now on Guys, October 25th. We we may like the three of us should talk amongst ourselves. We may need to get Jared some help if he thinks Indiana is <laughs> going to play well in the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> hey, these predictions are supposed to be bold, right? That's about as bold as it gets. All right, Will, quickly, your bold prediction. Oh, geez, I might be able to up you here on the boldness of it. But uh, my bold prediction for the team is going to be that IU is going to finish the season with a top 10 defense in the country. Whoa, um, I like it. That's pretty bold. I mean, with with guys like OG, Jawan, Josh Newkirk and TB out there, Rojo, I think we're going to have more focus on defense last year. I mean, we finished 59th in Kempom in terms of, you know, adjusted efficiency last season. But at one point that was like, what, sub 300, sub 250. and then it, it, worked it all the way back up to 59th and i can't recall how many times during hoosier hysteria tom crean said our defense got better and i think he's just going to continue the emphasis on defense and it's just going to carry through the season and we're going to finish with the top 10 defense i like it i like it that's certainly bold by the way megan in the chat is accusing me of dealing with new baby sleep deprivation for <laughs> predicting indiana to win the big time I, I, I was gonna Maybe say right. something i just i just didn't want to blame her for it I, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that just doesn't seem like a fair thing to do to a child yeah she may be right all right andy your bold team prediction for the hoosiers all right well i it's very concerning to me this is like bizarro jared now predicting you know doom in situations where he's previously predicted greatness and then the big 10 tournament. So this is definitely a uh, definitely uncharted territory here. Uh, I actually, this will go to show that we did not share our predictions with one another. Mine was going to be similar to Will's. Um, I think that, you know, we saw all those, all that improvement defensively last year. This team has a lot of guys that were part of that and learned how important that is uh, to, to being able to win basketball games You've got all those interchangeable pieces. We heard Crean talk before about you know, they've really focused primarily on defense, only put in concepts offensively. So mine was going to be, and still can be, although maybe not as bold as uh, as Will's, but they'll be they'll post the best adjusted def defensive efficiency of the Crean era, era, which would put them uh, the best they did was in 2013 when they were 21st. So that will put them 20th or or better. And I think that's balanced out a little bit by the offense because of some of the questions is going to regress just slightly. And we may actually see a scenario where IU ranks better in defensive efficiency by a little bit than offensive efficiency. So a little bit of a different wrinkle, but I think in generally I'm, I'm seeing some of the things that, uh, that will did as well. And I, I think, uh, I think most fans will be glad to see them be able to build on the defensive uh, improvement that they made over the course of the end of last season.
I like it, and I definitely agree that this is going to be a much more defense-driven team this year, uh, and I can't wait to see OG Ananobi just harassing point guards. Shoot, we saw Christian Watford do a good job harassing point guards. Now put OG Ananobi out there. It's going to be fun. All right, let's go to some player-based bold predictions. Ryan, you hit leadoff. Well, I think I kind of gave a little away early. I, I think Thomas Bryant's going to be an All-American, and I think that OG Ananobi is going to win Defensive Player of the Year in the conference. Uh, I think that the surprise... Uh, freshman is probably going to be Devonte Green. Um, I think we saw, uh, I, you know, I was kind of iffy on him uh, because I, I liked his long-term potential as a prospect, but I wasn't sure how he'd be this year. He's gotten a lot better. I, I mean, just watching Hoosier Hysteria, I realized that's that's a, uh, you know, it's a scrimmage and those guys are just having fun, but that kid has no fear and I love it. Um, he, he also has no conscience when it comes to shooting. So uh, that can be a double-edged sword, but he looks like he is just super confident. And uh, that, that comes from having a brother in the NBA. So uh, I, I think that he's going to be the surprise freshman this year that, that everybody gets really excited about. I also think Deron Davis is going to be a, a very good player once he finally gets into shape. I think we saw some stuff from him at the the – Big Ten broadcast practice and at Hoosier Hysteria that that makes you realize that this guy's going to be something. You want to talk about every player while you're going here? Yeah, yeah, no, I can keep going. (laughs) Will, your player-based bullet prediction. All right, well, I stuck with one player here, and I did Thomas Bryant, and I have that he's going to finish the season, which is going to be presumably the end of his IU career, with the highest field goal percentage for any IU player ever in their career. Ever. And who currently has that record? Cody Zeller with a 59.1% uh, you know, shot percentage. And right now, TB is sitting atop with 68.3% of his made shots. And in, in order for him not to do this, guys, he's going to have to shoot below, below 50% on the year, which is not going to happen. So maybe this isn't bold, but the statement at the beginning is definitely bold because I saw you guys perk up a little bit when I said it. But yeah, I think that Thomas Bryant for sure is going to end his career on top of the for the Hoosiers with the field goal percentage. I like it. Well, in honor of Will, I'm going to go next, and I'm going to talk about a guy who is going to shoulder a major load for Indiana this season. I think he's the most underrated player on the Indiana roster, and there have been so many whispers about this guy. Everybody who watches this team practice, you hear them talk about this guy. Don Fisher said this guy has a chance to be one of the special players at Indiana University, and that is Juwan Morgan. And I predict that he is either going to be named honorable mention all Big Ten, or win Big Ten sixth man, man of the year. Typically, a guy doesn't get both. Sheehy recently uh, won sixth man of the year. Max Bielfeld won it last year. Neither guy uh, made all Big Ten, uh, which Juwan could do if he ends up starting. We don't quite know yet what his role is going to be, but I think if he settles in as a sixth man, he will be the Big Ten's best sixth man. If he ends up starting, he's going to do enough to be honorable mention all Big Ten. But either way, he is going to far exceed expectations and show that he is truly a guy to build around for the next couple of years because he's unlikely to leave early like OG and Thomas Bryant. But I think he's going to flash that ability this year that suggests he's an all Big Ten level player as a junior and senior, and he will do it by either winning sixth man of the year or honorable mention all Big Ten this year. Andy, over to you for our final player-based bold prediction. 
Well, Ryan may not be the gun-toting one, but he was firing off predictions about multiple players left and right. So uh, I don't know. There's too many left. You get the, oh, like, give a prediction, and then he, like, shoots down the entire roster. That being I've said. i got more so, if you want. I mean, we well, <laughs> well, we'll wait and see if we – I'll try to hit one of the guys you didn't hit. No. Guys, uh, Noah Vonley is coming back for his sophomore season. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> so – Second hey, biggest I, breaking news besides the calendar. I, thing I love. I love. It's the one thing I've ever been wrong about, and it still gets brought up. Still gets brought. Up. <laughs> that would be uh, a bold prediction. That would be. That would be bold. All right. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna stay true to the brand here and do one about Robert Johnson. So as the president of the fan club, I don't see why. Uh, I don't see why I should go in any different direction. So. Uh, you know, one of the big questions that we have about this team is who kind of steps into that, becomes the the more full time point guard. Is that a committee? Uh, I think Robert Johnson steps into that role, showed some good things in the scrimmage, seems to have really good control of everything that's going on. And so I think this team's going to end up just like last year with four double figure scorers. Uh, obviously, two of those are gone in Yogi and Troy. I think OG is the, uh, the popular pick to take up one of the other double digit scoring spots. But I think Robert Johnson steps up, scores about 12 points a game. And I think you also see him become a, uh, a stat sheet stuffer of sorts where you know, he's grabbing, you know, four or five rebounds a game and, and dishing out four assists. And I think cuts down on the turnovers has a really big junior season for him and provides some stability at the point guard spot that this team is uh, is definitely going to need. Yeah, interesting, Ryan. Yeah, no no bold predictions on James Blackman Jr. Maybe that's just because we all feel pretty comfortable he's going to come back and slide right back in and average his 15 to 17 points a game. He's looked good in both the times we've seen him. So I I, I have a, a small prediction. Shockingly, I have a prediction for for James Blackman Jr. also is I, I can't I think he's going to learn to play defense. I I serviceable defense. He doesn't have to be a stopper serviceable defense and i think that you're right he looks more athletic and quicker actually more well-rounded than he did before his injury thoughts on if james will return for a sophomore year uh pretty much i predicted he would return every year actually i i think i think on our recruiting show for him i said he was he was not a one-year player and look who wound up being right there who also said thomas bryant will not be a one-year player I think that that's was true. As no, well. it's true. And we've been giving you a hard time, but hey, kudos to you for the nice looking microphone that you have in there because you sound terrific tonight. Well, you know, it's it's this voice, the dulcet tones of this voice need to reach the the, the listeners. That's right. Uh, and speaking of the audience members, we had some great tweets sent in with bold predictions. And so we're going to get to those in just a minute, as well as go to our final last call before we get into postgame shows. I just want to offer up one more quick reminder uh, that a, a great way to support the assembly call is actually by ordering your official assembly call T-shirt from HoosierProud.com. Again, you can go to HoosierProud.com, browse around, and you'll find the Assembly Call shirts on there as well as so many other great shirts uh, for Hoosiers like you. Or you can go directly to those shirts. Go to AssemblyCall.com slash shirts, and it'll redirect you there. And when you're at Hoosier Proud, use the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y. You will get 15% off your entire order. So go there. Stock up on cool T-shirts uh, for Christmas, for whatever you need to buy T-shirts for, uh, and use the, the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, and support our friends at HoosierProud.com. All right, well, you're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris. We are getting ready to wrap up this second part of our two-part season preview episode. Uh, it's time here in just a moment for our last call, but I did want to just read a few of these uh, bold predictions that our audience members sent in. Uh, we have Adam 
uh, on Twitter said losing one non-conference game, three and one in the big ones. So that would be huge. 12 and six in the conference. He thinks we're going to go 24 and seven, finally making a big 10 tourney run and elite eight. So I'm not the only one predicting the seemingly uh, impossible of a Big Ten tournament run. Y'all are uh, crazy. Yeah, Y'all well, are crazy. We may well be. Uh, Jack McCann says, Grant Galon will average more minutes than Josh Newkirk in Big Ten play uh, because three-point shooting will be at a premium. I love this one. Jack kind of going off the board a little bit. That is truly a bold prediction. Uh, Jordan Cohen says, not for the season per se, but I'll go with Wilkes to pick IU over supposed leader UCLA. I think that's a bold prediction we can all get behind. Uh, OG Zimmerman says Big Ten tourney champs make that three votes for a, run, a deep run in the Big Ten tournament. It appears like maybe that wasn't quite so bold after all. The uh, tears, the tears are going to drown people in the streets. <laughs> you guys are leading people on. Let's and, not raise expectations, please. People and nobody pay attention to what these gentlemen are saying. Just don't. Just let it go. <laughs> And finally, uh, our buddy Jared Weyerbacher, the short shorts industry will be single-handedly revitalized by OG Ananobi. Perhaps the greatest bold prediction of all. Is it just me or the shorts looking even a little bit shorter this year? Yeah, I'll, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, I, did somebody shrink them in the laundry? Like what's because they do look smaller, like really small. They do. They do. Before this gets too awkward with 30-somethings talking about a 19-year-old shorts. Uh, let's move on now to last call. Uh, our final, final thoughts before we dive into post-game shows, which start next week. Uh, Will, you can bat lead off. Nice. Well, uh, I'm not a 30-something. I need to put that disclaimer out there. I do bring the average age of the show down, so we're reaching a younger demographic, so that's nice. But uh, my final thought, guys, is we've gone a whole show, and we haven't even just said happy birthday to Bob Knight today. So happy birthday, Coach Knight. We're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be an IU basketball show if we're not going to talk about at least Coach Knight. But, you know, it's his 76th birthday, which is kind of a golden birthday for him. If you look at, you know, the 1976 season, his 76th birthday, it's just all special all the way around. And just a shout out to my dad who went uh, underwent successful hip replacement surgery today. It's his second time going through this in 15 years. So he has a little bit of a road of recovery ahead of him. But good job, Pop. You did it. Very nice. Very nice, Will. And how ironic that the youngest of our members are the ones to call out Coach Knight for a happy birthday. I think a, a message that we can all get behind. Uh, Ryan, you're next. Yeah, happy birthday, Coach Knight. I hope your dinner at Purdue is fantastic. Um, no, I I just want to say, I think that, that this team is going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch these guys because there's so much we don't know. We know they're talented. We know they're probably more talented than the team last year. But I think that it's it's a situation where this, these guys are going to have to learn and grow. And I think Tom Crean was saying, uh, you know, Tom Crean was, was saying it at Hoosier hysteria that you, these guys are going to need some time and, and to be patient with them. And I think that's true. I don't think that's just a coach saying that I, I really think these guys need to learn how to play together and, and learn to find leadership and, and, and really an identity. Uh, and that's going to take some time. I mean, that's this, this, this team had one leader for a long time and and now it's, it's going to have to reset itself. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun to go through. And I'm sure that we'll all enjoy watching and talking about it. Absolutely. Andy, last call. 
Well, Jared expressed pessimistic opinions on this on this show, and I'm going to give Ryan credit for a couple things at the same time. Uh, one, that was a fantastic joke about Bob Knight. That was just outstanding. Uh, second, the uh, I'm you just know, here for I'm here for your entertainment at bottoms. <laughs> that's that's exciting. I know. I'm glad. Uh, and second is you know he sent an email. You know, Jared referenced it earlier, uh, or I think Ryan or Ryan might have as well. Just to kind of like look back at last season, and I think part of that to me is. Um, looking back at some of the support that uh, those of you listening to this have have shown, whether that be monetarily through emails and and things like that, and uh, it's going to be probably easy for us to lose sight of once we really get in the start of the season. But uh, it's a good time to kind of reflect on not only the performance of the team last season, but also kind of uh, the show and how it's evolved over time and things like that. And it's certainly not possible without those of you who are listening in. Uh, you know, commenting in the chat, sending tweets, uh, like I said, sending, you know, so many great emails from people like us who don't live in Bloomington, uh, follow the team uh, religiously and, and just to kind of hear some of those stories and, and how uh, we're some kind of conduit for them to, to keep up with the program is pretty cool. So uh, before we get into that roller coaster ride I talked about before, just wanted to kind of say thank you to everybody uh, and to Ryan for, you know, kind of pointing that out and making me think about that. And uh, we are looking forward to what will uh be an eventful season no matter which way it goes whether they win the big 10 tournament or not uh there is no iu basketball season that is going to go by that is not going to be an eventful one and uh we're glad to be here with everybody as we uh start the journey by the way it's going to be interesting to see if you guys call me out when i get caught up in the moment and pick indiana to win every one of those final six games that i said that they will uh lose several of we'll see if you guys well, you're call gonna me pick out them to, you're gonna pick them to win every game as you always do so i mean i I can't help it. I get caught up in the moment every time they're about to play. I feel good about it. So what do you want from me? I'm trying to offer predictions here with the sobriety of preseason, you know, but once it gets to the games, you know how it is. And look, let me use my last call to kind of piggyback on what Andy was saying. This season is going to be a roller coaster. And the best thing, what we always try to do at the assembly call, the reason why we started the show is to have a place for everybody to come to celebrate wins, to commiserate after losses, but just, to, to indulge in our love of Indiana basketball, but to remember that key, the key word in that sentence, which is love, which is support. That's what we're here for with this program. We will critique individual uh, moments, individual decisions, individual actions, but this is a show that is ultimately about supporting Indiana basketball and celebrating Indiana basketball, and we want to see the team do well. And I think it's so important uh, for, for all of us as Indiana basketball fans to just enjoy the ride to know that there's going to be some downtimes, there's going to be some frustrating losses, uh, but ultimately it's going to be a fun, entertaining ride filled with great basketball and most importantly, really good kids wearing the cream and crimson that we can be proud to represent our alma mater. And to me, that's the most important thing. I feel really good about the group of young men that are playing. I feel really good about the coach that is leading them. And so however many wins they can get us, I know they'll be working their hardest to get them. Uh, and so I think it's incumbent on all of us uh, to to match that with our own uh, uh, as much focus on being supportive as we can for this great program. Uh, and that makes the season as joyful as it possibly can be for all of us. So uh, real quick, we will talk to you next week, Tuesday, November 1st. Uh, that is after Indiana plays Hope College in the first exhibition game. That game will only be on BTN+. Plus. If you need to get a subscription to BTN+, Plus, which you have to have to watch that game and several others uh, of the, the preseason games through December, I set up a link. Go to assemblycall.com slash BTN+. 
that will redirect you to the page at btn to go where you can get that subscription and you can get uh, an individual monthly subscription for a single team for $7.99. So you have to pay for two months to get all the games in November, all the games in December. You can watch those online and then we'll, of course, be going live immediately after. Or if you don't want to pay to watch and you just want to get a recap and hear uh, uh, informed, excited folks talk about it, then don't watch the games and just come watch the post game show with us because we'll be there. We are after every game. Uh, we do this because we love Indiana basketball. We do this because we love you, our audience. Uh, and frankly, we do it because we love each other and we love hanging out, you know, after games. And so uh, we've missed it during the off season. It's been fun to have these off season shows, uh, but it's going to be even more fun now to be able to do this two or three times a week as Indiana goes to the 2016-17 season. Let's hope it is a good one. Thank you all for being here. And we will talk to you Tuesday after IU versus Hope College. We'll talk to you then. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.